I love that song. So glad that you're with us today. We know we have a lot of people watching online, but glad for this crowd that's here with us today. Glad you're here, and I'm glad I'm here. So, and Barbara is here as well. Last week was a little bit odd for us, as most of you know that are members here, that Barbara and I had COVID and finally joined that club that we didn't want to be in, but we did. And uh, we are well, and you have been so kind and overwhelmingly kind to us, and we thank you from the bottoms of our hearts. Thank you so very much, but we are feeling good. For those of you who were here last week or had to watch online, my head was really big up there. So you don't have to see that again, so that's one good thing about today. But I want to make just one quick announcement before we get started because something came in a little bit after the bulletin, but, but with classes that are starting back on Wednesday night, there is going to be an adult class here. I'm still going to be teaching the Zoom class that many of you are a part of, so I'll still be on Zoom, but there is going to be an adult class here with Darren Cathy will be our teacher for that. He's a great teacher, experienced, and will be teaching What Must I Do to Be Saved, which is good if you're wondering, and it's also good for folks who are wanting to learn how to share their faith with other people. But that will be here at the building on Wednesday night. This morning we're talking about one basket. You know that idea? Maybe your mother used to say, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. At least my mother used to say that. She used to say, you know, have different friends, so if one is busy or one is angry or in a bad mood, you have somewhere else to go. Have different baskets. Maybe your financial planner has told you, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Have different baskets, unless you're buying GameStop stock, right? Other than that, you know, you put it in a bunch of places. And so we always think that way, just we kind of diversify, except with our faith and with a few other things as well. With our faith, we do not diversify. This is about being sold out 100% to Jesus all the way, no other options, that's it, not a little bit of this, of whatever it is over here, and a little bit of that over here. This is Jesus all the way. It's what Jesus asked for, it's what I'm trying to live, and I pray you're trying to live that way too that it is all of our eggs are in the basket of faith in Christianity. And I think about what was said in Matthew chapter 14, in verses 25 through 29, a story many of you know, if you grew up going to church, you know this. We often teach it to our kids. Back in the old days, when we used flannel graph, this is what I see in my head, because from those days. So this is the story, the true story, that shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, walking. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Wow, I can only imagine what that must have been like. And sometimes the old commentators like to go back and forth and say, you know, is this a real story because Jews often really didn't believe in ghosts and all? Well, I don't believe in ghosts either, but let me tell you, if I see something coming at me on the water, I will start believing in ghosts, right? And so here Jesus is coming toward them, and they are scared to death, just like you would be if you're out there in the boat, and, and it's night and dark, and how scary all of that would be. And so what Peter needed was faith, right? 
Peter needed faith in order, <coughs> excuse me, in order, I can tell you that's not COVID, but Peter needed faith. Y'all are scared. Don't be scared. It's over. Peter needed faith because if he's going to get out of the boat and go to Jesus, it's going to take a lot of faith to do that. You know, I tell you, it would be scary. Now, you know, there are some places I hear you can float on the water in the, in the salt, but you cannot walk on the water. And so it's going to be incredible for, for Peter to go out there. And faith, if you know the definition and the biblical definition of that, what it really means, faith is like belief and obedience that's combined. Sometimes we say belief is faith and obedience. It's either you put belief and obedience together, and then you have faith. Because people can talk to you all day long about things, and then they're scared to do it themselves. Because they don't have any faith themselves. Peter could have said to Jesus, Jesus, I believe that if I walk on the water, I believe you're going to save me, but I'm not getting out of this boat, and I'm going to hold on for dear life. Because what he's really saying, he's saying, Jesus, I believe with his mouth, but with his actions, he's saying, but I really have faith in this boat. And so faith is not just sitting there and saying I believe. Faith is getting up and doing what I say I believe in. Or in this case, walking on the water like Peter did. We come to this passage in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, that was written several years after the, all of this occurred. And I love what the writer says here. It's so powerful. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, I realize that's a little bit of a long passage. Our attention spans, including mine, are, are a little bit short sometimes. But I want you to think about what he's saying there. And you might be going, well, how, did, how does all this apply to me? Now, what does that have to do with the boat? How does that help? Well, one thing he's telling us is that others have lived on faith. If you go back one chapter before, in Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes it's called the chapter of faith or the hall of faith. You can read it right now if you want to. It's all about people who live by faith, who stepped out and did what was so difficult to do. It goes through all those Old Testament uh, folks that are famous that we might know of, of Abraham and David and others that stepped out in faith when it was difficult. They lived what they said, that, uh, what they said with their mouth. And so we get this incredible courage, or at least it can help us have courage, when we look at those people and we see what they did. Matter of fact, in chapter 11, it even says that there were people, unnamed people, that were sawed in two for their faith. That is incredible. And so now when I start thinking about having faith, I realize I'm not just in this all by myself, right? You know, you know, the whole thing, like when we think about, about COVID-19 drugs, you know, and vaccinations, and we want to make sure that it's safe before, before it gets to the public, and, and, you know, I guess we have two and maybe almost three now that people can have in the United States, and we want to make sure it's safe. You know, what we're really saying is, we want to make sure that there were enough guinea pigs before they get to us, right? Because they have to test that somewhere. And so what the Bible is saying here for us is, this faith in Jesus, it's already been tested out. 
It's not like you're going to be the first one. It is already, there have been people for centuries that have put their faith in, in God, even before Jesus, and anticipating Jesus coming, and then even in the time of Jesus, that it has already been tested, and it works. It works. And so he says, put your faith in Christ. Look at their examples. And that's something that I probably had not thought a lot about for whatever reason, and at least I don't remember, is that Jesus had this incredible, overwhelming faith in the Father. Incredible. You remember in Philippians chapter 2 that he emptied himself. He gave up heaven, trusting his Father to come here to earth and to live this sinless life. How hard would that be, to leave heaven, to come here, especially in the time he came, before air conditioning and cars and the internet and all those other things? He comes to earth and lives in that time and never sins. And then to think what he goes through while he's here. I mean, he has people who don't believe him. He has people who lie about him. He has Judas who betrays him. He has Peter who denies him. He has Pilate, who's the, the bigwig Roman, who, who doesn't believe him. Remember that whole thing, what is truth? Pilate doesn't believe him. Herod, who's the most important over the Jews, he doesn't believe him either. And people mock him and make fun of him, and they take him to trial, and people misconstrue his words, and he goes through all of that. He goes through two different beatings. He carries his cross out to his own execution spot. I mean, all those things that are happening, he has to have incredible faith in the Father. He had said, the Father will raise me in three days. He had faith that the Father would do that. And so while they are putting spikes in his hands and in his feet, you talk about faith not just being words but being action Jesus is taking all of that with the faith that his father will raise him in three days. That's faith. And you know what happened. The father raised him from the grave. That song that we sing, boy, it, it, it brings tears to my eyes every time we sing it. Whenever it talks about that his body began to breathe. Can you imagine what it would be like to have been in the tomb and all at once those linens that would have been on him and all was... Ooh. Ooh. and you would have seen him come back to life that's Jesus his faith is in his father in an incredible way so this is what I can remember no matter how bad my day is or how dark it appears that I will never have it worse than Jesus and you're saying wait a minute he's Jesus I mean everything's great isn't it do you think all those things he went through were great no, those were awful things, but he did it for us. I will never have it worse than him. So I can stand up to temptation because Jesus stood up to, to temptation. I can have loss of people around me. I can even have my own loss of my own life because Jesus has gone through all of this and Jesus kept his faith and his word through every bit of that. So it's never going to be that bad for me, not compared to what Jesus went through. But what if I fail? Oh boy, I hope you've thought that because I'll tell you this. You, if, for those of you who have been around, you know that I fail. Matter of fact, I think I could probably put up a list of failings and you all might add to it. I would hate that, but you probably would. We all fail. So what if I fail? What if I sin? Oh yeah, you remember that too? What Apostle Paul said, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So we're all in that boat, we all fail, so what happens then? 
Going back to that story of Peter in the boat, you remember in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, but when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. This is always an interesting verse to me. When Peter saw the wind, now how do you see wind, right? How do you see it? But it's, see, I'm sure it's the waves that are coming up. You know, how, do you, how do you see that? I, I, I read on Facebook today a friend of mine who lives in Dallas. He said, it looks like West Texas just moved to Dallas yesterday because you saw all those big, big dust storms that, that blew across the state. So you can kind of see the wind. You can see the effects of the wind, right? And so imagine what it's like for him. All at once, he's out there. He has faith. He has Jesus. But now no longer is he fixed on Jesus, but he's fixed on the wind and the effects of the wind. And he begins to sink. Surely you have never been there. You might go to a worship service and we sing some great songs and oh, you are so on fire for the Lord. You're reading the Bible and you're so on fire for him. You go over and you help your neighbor and it just makes you feel so good. You have done this in the name of the Lord and you are ready to fight for him. And then you get that tickle in the throat. You might have a fever. And all once your mind kind of goes away, your phone dings, you look, stock market's doing what? You hear words about moratoriums on drilling, and that's your job, and you start going, what? And all at once we go from being these people of faith and being so strong and fixed on Jesus, and now all at once we're uptight and upset and anxious because our eyes have gone off Jesus, and now our eyes are on all this stuff. When we see the effects of the world, then our mind goes there. And I pray that when we are there, and sometimes we're there more often than we want to be, that we will say what Peter said, Lord, save me. Bring me up out of the depths. Now this is what is incredible. Jesus will take me back. Wow, I don't deserve it. It is so incredibly unmerited. But Jesus will take me back. Now this isn't like, oh, I'm going to go sin because I know Jesus will take me back. You think that works? It's not like that. That's like you saying, oh, I'll just go cheat on my spouse and they'll take me back, so who cares? It doesn't work quite like that, right? But Jesus will take us back in Matthew chapter 14 in verses 30 through 33. In that first part we read, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now see this part. Immediately, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. And he said, you little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down and then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now, do you notice that word? Well, it doesn't say that Jesus said, okay, Peter, you need to sit there and think about it for a while. It doesn't say that at all. Peter, wait until your head gets down. You know, wait until the, wait until the catfish starts swimming around you, and then I'll, then I'll help you back. It doesn't say that at all. It says immediately. This is incredible love, undeserved, unmerited, overwhelming love and kindness. 
that Jesus shows toward Peter and that Jesus shows toward us. He reached out his hand, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Well, I doubted because I saw the waves coming up and realized I'm out in the middle of the lake. I mean, right? But Jesus said, why did you doubt for that? Because I'm here with you. You didn't have to doubt, right? How incredible it is what Jesus does. He takes us back. I have to put my faith in the right thing. If my faith is in the wrong thing, and that thing can't save me, I'm in big trouble. If I put my faith in anything other than Jesus, and I'm talking about eternal life, I'm in big trouble, right? Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14, in verse 6, as he's talking to his disciples, Jesus answered and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Those are not David's words. Those are not Memorial Church of Christ's words. Those are Jesus' words. I am the way and the truth and the life. And there is no way to the Father except through Jesus. That's what he says. Now, if I put my faith in the wrong thing, it's not going to save me in the end. You know, so many people have their faith in other things, right? We have our faith in ourselves sometimes. Or we have our faith in our money, but this is the incredible thing. If your stocks do great forever and you always hit it right, and you're going, I mean, you can't even keep up with the number of zeros that are being added. I mean, it's just so incredible. You are still going to die. You are still going to die. There is not enough money in the world to stop that from happening. You can say, well, you know, I've got this great reputation and I'm really funny. And, you know, it's my personality that everybody likes. I'm going to put my faith in my personality. That's great. You're going to die. You say, well, I come from such a good family. It's my family and it's very important what my mother thinks or very important what my dad thinks or what my kids think. Still going to die. The difference is because even Christians are going to die, but Christians are going to transition into the next life to be with Jesus forever. That is the way out. It's in Christ. It's in Christ. That's where we put all of our eggs with with Him. I heard a, a sportscaster that I really, really enjoy listening to during college basketball season sometimes, and 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 I heard him one day on a radio interview, and he was talking about faith. And he said, I see faith as a salad. He said, I put in a little bit of Christianity, and I put in a little bit of Judaism and Hinduism and, and Buddhism and whatever, and I put it all in, and I just enjoy all the good parts of all the different religions. And so I just see religion as a salad. You know what Jesus says to that? He says, take me out. Because I'm the way and the truth and the life. You don't put anything with Christianity. You don't put anything with Jesus. It is all him or it is not any him. He says, I am it. Follow me. Do what I say. Go because I am leading you through, through truth to the next life. Faith gives us today and tomorrow. 
faith gives us today because I have faith in the future. And I know tomorrow is going to be great, even with its problems. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. Even if terrible things happen to me, still faith leads me on. But fear, fear suffocates today and tomorrow. Because when I'm worrying today about tomorrow, I've destroyed both today and tomorrow. And whenever I spend my time worrying all the time, I am not looking like the child of God who claims that he lives by faith. It doesn't mean that I do silly things or make bad, bad choices, but I live by faith. Because all fear does is make me miserable to be around, and it makes me miserable to be around myself. But faith... Faith changes all of that. Faith brings me into this great place of where I can see tomorrow because I can see Jesus and I want to be with him. So this is my question today for us is, what's my faith in? What is it in? If your faith is in anything in this world, I hope you can see that this world is not going to pay back the way you hoped or the way I hoped. Is my faith in Jesus? Holy in Jesus? You know I like to quote old country songs. Today, you're not going to get an old country song. You're going to get an old pop song. It's a Billy Joel song called Honesty. I heard it the other day. Barbara and I were pulling into the garage, and it was on the radio. And I said, oh, i got to stop right here. She said, well, why are you stopping here? I said, because we're not going to be able to get reception in the, in the uh, garage. And so I want to hear it before we go in. Because it was like, this is perfect for my sermon his old song, Honesty, it wasn't one of his biggest ever, but some of you know that song. Please don't sing with me. But honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Honesty is hardly ever heard. And it's mostly what I need from you. I can always find someone to say they sympathize if I wear my heart out on my sleeve. But I don't need some pretty face to tell me pretty lies. All I want is someone to believe. You know what this world is all about? Is all these people saying they care about us or all these things saying they care about us and they're interested in us when really what they're interested in is our money and they're interested in us being their followers on Instagram or whatever. That's what they want. They don't want me. They're not being honest with me. They just want my stuff. And whenever I don't have any stuff left, then they're done with me. But let me tell you who will be honest with you. Jesus. He's the truth. He's the one. He's the one to follow. Well, as I said, and most of you know, Barbara and I had, had COVID this week, and it was, it was a bit of a shock. Whenever I went to the doctor, thought I had a sinus infection, and I was there because because I've had a gazillion sinus infections in our years in Oklahoma. Basically, I just had a sinus infection all the time we lived there, all my life growing up in the Texas Panhandle. And so I knew what that felt like, so that's what I thought I had. And I went in and I said, you know, I'm just going to need some um, amoxicillin and, you know, that'll take care of it. And they said, yeah, but you need to do the COVID test first. And I was like, okay. They said, we're sure you don't have it because you don't have a fever. Your lungs are great. And then the test came back. Uh, You got it. And probably your wife has it. And sure enough, she tested positive the next day or two days later, whatever it was. And, and, and we did start feeling worse as time went on. 
It wasn't like it was just this wonderful, this, you know, oh boy, boy, doesn't this feel great. But compared to what so many people have, it was mild compared to so many. But you get those results that say you're positive. And I know that 99 point whatever percent, they overcome it, they get well. Praise God we have. But that night, when I went to bed and put my head on the pillow, I thought, will I be one of the ones that get well? Or will I die? And so it's kind of an odd thought because it didn't, you know, I thought, surely it's not going to be me, but it could be me. I mean, I kept looking at that paper, it said positive. Will I die? And there's an odd thing kind of with me anyway. I'm 53 years old. My dad was 53 when he died. And so there was a part of me that thought, I even laughed out loud, kind of, huh, maybe this is it. Because of that similarity, right? Just some, some crazy idea in your head. You know, it's not true, but at the same time, you don't always think logically. Is this it? And I can tell you in less than 20 or 30 seconds, as I asked the question, am I ready to die? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. I am not perfect. I, theoretically, I would think about, oh man, I've missed grandkids and all those things. But I am ready to be with Jesus. I've, I, I am covered in the blood of Jesus. And it meant, if it meant that I lose my life, I, wait a minute. I wouldn't be losing my life. I would be gaining my life. I would be living with Jesus forever. I mean, I, I, good grief, what in the world are we thinking, people? If we are ready, if we are right with Jesus, then there, then there is nothing on this world that is worth more than being with Him. And you know what would happen? Barbara would follow along later, and our kids would follow along. It would be okay. We are going to live with Jesus forever. If you are in Christ you don't have anything to worry about. I'm not telling you don't wear your mask. I'm not telling you to go and kiss people. I'm not telling you any of that. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if we die and we are in Christ, understand we are in Christ. Nothing can take that away. Do not put your faith in, in money. Don't put your faith in, in your personality. Don't put your faith in politics. Don't put your faith in anything. All that stuff goes away. God didn't talk to me in some clear voice, and I didn't have anything like that, but I can tell you what I figured out from him. He was basically telling me I have some more lessons to learn and some more lessons to deliver. And so we move on. We move on. All of my eggs are in the basket of Jesus. And if there is no Jesus, I haven't lost a thing. But if there is a Jesus, and I believe there is with all my heart, and my eggs aren't there, I'm in a scary spot. I want everyone to go to heaven, in this room and outside. I want everyone to know Christ. But we have to give up what is false and take on what is truth, which is Jesus.
I remember when Pilate looked at Jesus and Pilate said, what is truth? And Pilate didn't realize that he was staring truth in the face. Truth is Jesus. Maybe this morning you're ready to be baptized into Christ and put that faith into action and be baptized in him and your sins will be washed away and in, in, in an incredible way you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of God living in you. That's, wow. That's incredible. You'll be a part of his kingdom, a part of the church. You'll be a part of those that, that have that incredible hope. Or maybe you've said, I've, I did that, but boy, have I failed big time. Well, we'll pray for you down here on the front row. Absolutely, we'll pray for you if you write us at elders at mcoc.org. We'll talk to you in the, in, the, in the foyer and pray with you. We'll answer other emails, whatever. Say, I just need help. Because I keep taking my eyes off of Jesus. Help me get back there. And immediately, he will reach out his hand and pick you back up. Come this morning as we stand and sing.